0: You're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't see reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does it or says it. Malcolm X. You are listening to the Legacy Atlas podcast with Dr. Tamika Lett. Welcome back to the Legacy Atlas podcast. We have been breathing through. We are in episode three Last week, we really just honed in on finding your voice and how you look within. We have been through a lot of adversity and a lot of time. What ends up happening is we lose ourselves. And now we've had opportunity to just look within and know that we have meaningful things to say and finding ways to get those things out and in places where we can help develop not only ourselves, but others. So as we continue on this Wednesday hump day, getting us through the week, I promise you this season that we were going to have some great guests. Our second guest of the season, and it is Dr. Shante Tarver. She's an assistant professor at Old Dominion University, but she's also um, co-owner of the Human Development Group, LLC, which is a consulting firm that moves agencies to be more culturally competent and inclusive so that they can advance social justice. So who more perfect to be on the episode with us talking about social justice and reform than Dr. Shante Tyra. Welcome to the Legacy Alice podcast. Thank you. Thank
1: (laughs) you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes. Yes, I really honor and appreciate your time and uh, coming up here because I just really want to get people more informed about social justice and reform. I think a lot of the times what I have found that people just really don't know their rights and, and what they can do within the limits of them and they feel stifled in some ways. So I really want to just give them some information that could really help them to be more energized and motivated to do great work. With all that being said, what has motivated you to do the work that you do and serve the community in the way that you serve the community? I mean, you're a professor giving back human services, educating the next generation, and then, you know, co-owner consulting firm working to, get agencies to that point where they can embrace and educate social justice and reform and become more culturally competent. So what really motivates you? Well,
1: I have to say the thing that motivates me the most is my core. I've always had a very deep passion for fairness and equity, particularly around equal opportunities. Um, At a very young age, Mm -hmm. when I was 11, my father committed suicide and I was an adultified okay. teenager in the extent that I was able to see his struggle with depression, caring for younger siblings, right. checking out of the VA hospitals. He had a clinical diagnosis uh, of depression. And so from moving mm-hmm. on and off meds and watching the inequity in healthcare, right? So we would go All check right. him in to mm-hmm. a VA hospital and some folks being helped after they came in after they came in after us right um right. knowing the depth of my father's illness it, it infuriated me and so although mm-hmm. I didn't have the words at that time the terminology nor the credentials that was the foundation for me committing my life to equity and justice and moving um forward to social justice so whenever there's an unfairness and inequity, I am deeply moved by it and always asking, mm-hmm. okay, where can I make change? Where can I create opportunities? Where can I help mm-hmm. um, folks who are socially justice minded critique policies and practices that create and perpetuate inequities? So it's a real core value of mine, having yeah. that be mm-hmm. such a huge part of my life. And then just seeing it repeatedly across systems over time. So being educated in social work helped me to see and and assess better. But then it also made the problem bigger in the sense that I could see it more pervasively, whether we're talking social services, human services, education, what have you. Um, So uh, I I just can't rest until there's equity. And I feel like the more... I know the more I'm compelled to do something.
0: Right. And I, and I like that, how you honed in on your personal experience Um, with teaching as well. I I tell my students all the time, your motivation, nine times out of 10 is coming from your personal Mm -hmm. experiences and you're turning that something that happened to you into a way to advocate and inform others about their rights and what needs to be occurring and what should occur, and that equity around services, and I think that's really big, especially within um, the human services field, where we have those known disparities um, among racial groups, and it it really impacts the the well being of individuals. So you see it in mental mm-hmm. health, you see it in that's healthcare, right. um, you see it in overall just services and opportunities for minorities. And I think that that is really big and I appreciate that you're doing this because that really, it really helps the next generation of the position that you're in of educating and informing and empowering the next one. So what what's the importance that you would tell people of understanding social justice and uh, reform specifically in their own yeah, communities?
1: I think it's so critical To understand that social justice doesn't just mean um, a one size fits all approach, because we did not all start at the same place. And that could be within and across racial, economic um, ability groupings um, and other diversity factors. And I think that's important because... Without an understanding that everybody doesn't have the same opportunities, it's easy to get Mm -hmm. caught up in this upward comparison with people who have more than you, who've done more than you, who have different opportunities, so that we never look back to recognize that people have so much less, right? Um, As someone who has been able to earn um, their PhD, it was really mind-blowing because I was very cognizant of the processes as they were unfolding that gave me opportunities Mm -hmm. and then sometimes erected barriers to my success in ways that other people didn't have those barriers or other people didn't have those opportunities Mm -hmm. and I think without understanding that we can't adequately assess where we are and what's happening to us nor can we best nor can we be in a good place to make room for others at at different tables and of opportunity
0: yeah i, I do like that point the making room so with with teaching one of the things that i have found and not just teaching just working with individuals is is the mm-hmm. competitiveness especially In our community, it's it's the I don't want to share this secret, like it's a secret. Yeah, I don't want to share that. And it really we're not helping each other up, is who's gonna get there first.
1: And because we put these different measures, these different standards, right? If this if I become the standard. Mm -hmm and you're not like me, then you didn't try hard enough. It's that notion of meritocracy. You work hard for what you get. And if you don't have a lot, that means you didn't work hard. And that is an absolute lie. I think most recently I read in um, Ibram Kendi's book, How to Be Anti-Racist, he used the example of standardized tests um, You know, oftentimes mm-hmm. when you're looking at folks who are entering graduate school or professional schools, they take these standardized tests like the GRE or the LSAT or what mm-hmm. have you, and if you didn't get a certain score, right, that denotes success, yeah. Yeah. the individual taking the mm-hmm. test starts doubting themselves, the, schools that they're applying to question their intellectual ability. But when we really look at who's being successful on those tests, and the opportunities that they had, it is not an equal playing field. I can say personally, I was a scholar, and Mm -hmm. I was a part of a program that taught me how to take the test, right? And so that's a different thing. Uh So, my score doesn't reflect just my intellect. I believe I'm smart, but it's not just about what you know, it's about how you are taught the rules of test taking and the timing of test taking and all of these other things. And so understanding that you begin to question, well, if I did well, what's, what are the other barriers that prevent other people from doing well, as opposed to critiquing the individual saying that, oh, this is the standard Mm -hmm. and if they're not meeting it, they are in some way deficient. And that's just not an accurate assessment, but we find in our society that it's done all the time.
0: I, I have so many conversations about my just dislike for standardized testing. And I tell people that all the time, I did good at standardized testing. And like you said, I went through programs and stuff that I learned how to mm-hmm. take standardized tests. And when you learn how to take them, you can master, you can become really good and test high, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all the material and things that, you know, I was very proficient and overly, you know, this overachiever in every subject, I learned how to take the test. And yeah, and I think that people, these opportunities Mm -hmm. aren't the same for everyone. And we see them in our, uh, in lower socioeconomic communities where they don't have these resources and not being educated about what's out there for them and how they can access these things. It's typically, you know, either they heard them towards some mm-hmm. one way, you know, well, just graduate, you know, just to graduate, or they heard them in, a, in another way to say, hey, our school is accredited because we got everybody to pass this yeah. test, you know. I don't feel like people are really being educated. We're we're learning just you know certain things, how to take these tests, and then it's that the application Absolutely. is getting lost, <laughs> and I- yeah, in the in the system. And so I, I thank you for bringing up that point because there, it's no, not equitable. Not it really is, and and that equity is is definitely uh, seen, and in the work that we do too, sitting on. Um, mm, the mm. Citizens Unity Commission uh, going around educating uh, the community on the lack of equity in provisions, just in your own community. So I, I think that's really good at understanding what's what is in your community. So with all that's going on, knowing that these disparities mm-hmm. are there, that we still have a long way to go. Um, last week I talked about you know adverse. Adversity, sorry, and how it can stop Absolutely. people in their tracks when they when they face adversity, it stops them in, in their tracks. And what continues to drive you and motivate you towards these goals despite facing uh, I, I adversity? I have to
1: say, I always go back to that. Why and why do I yeah. plow through when everything in the context that I work in? Says you don't belong here. We don't want you here. Why are you here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's always right. understanding that right. I belong here. And the sources of validation are mm-hmm. not the standardized measures of validation for me. It's remembering the fact that my 33-year-old father killed himself because he didn't have access to equitable health care. Right? And that that's happened to right. many, many people. It's understanding that my mm-hmm. brother who i grew up with one of my brothers um was charged with a felony even while he was in college right mm-hmm. so his freshman year he he mm-hmm. got into a fight and instead of them dealing with the issue at hand it became something completely larger than that mapping onto stereotypes and he was railroaded mm-hmm. and got yes. a felony right so my brother doesn't have the same mm-hmm. access to education that I have based on that having happened to him. And he wanted to go, he was in school for education. He wanted to be a teacher. Many of us followed in my mother's footsteps that way. And so I just always have to remember him and those that I've met along the way and those that I read about in the newspaper see in my community because everybody can't be where Mm -hmm. I am. And it's essential that I make room for their voices, and for others who will push through to come here. And and part of that making room is challenging people's perceptions and what they hold as standard, mm-hmm. even when they don't say it, and challenging those things. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. Populations aren't
0: monolithic
1: groups that you know one person until you know what everybody's about like you have to be able to be Mm -hmm. culturally competent and get to know people for who they are where they've been and what they have to bring to the table and I think always making room is is a huge motivation that causes me to push it's like I've been created for this reason I am only here Because people make room for me to be here. And my payback is to make room for others.
0: Others. I I love that. I I really love that. Because I think that that's essential. People, like I talked about, that competition. And we we close off these tables. You know, we close off these rooms. And we say, well, this is enough. Or we don't want too many people um, competing. I always use the analogy Mm -hmm. of natural hair products. We're natural hair and I say when before I had my hair locked I would use all kinds of products and it was different depending on mm-hmm. what I wanted to do with my hair that day that doesn't mean for those natural hair products they had to stay there and say well it's already a, a brand out there there's already Shea Moisture so mm-hmm. I don't want to make my brand uh, you're limiting yourself you, you're really limiting yourself or if Shea Moisture had the the you know, go without it to say none of you need to be that's here because right. we're already here, kind of thing. Then then that closes off the room. But there were opportunities to have people to learn and to grow. And now we have all these great products. And I know that's just that's the minimized version of it, but it's mm-hmm. the simplistic version that I can help people understand it. That's in right. The smallest form. There's so many
1: ways and you're not yep, going to do it the right. way I do it. And I think what I love the analogy that you use with natural hair because I remember going on my natural hair journey and there was so much adversity, Mm -hmm. right? There was adversity internally because I had learned to think that a certain Hair texture was good and mine was not that, and yeah. thus my hair was not good, yeah. And so, and I had to contend with the voices I was hearing around me. So, there were some supporters, right? Oh, yeah. you look so beautiful, but then there were other people, yeah. like, What are you doing with your hair? Why did you just cut it off? Well, maybe because it was clinically processed, and I'm trying to mm-hmm. learn to. Love myself. But what I've learned even through my natural journey is that when you are in that moment of adversity and you're trying to Mm -hmm. try to press past and press through, you not only have to resolve in yourself that it is worth this struggle, but there's so much you have to unlearn. And even when it comes to social justice, we've all been socialized. All of us who attended public schools and the country of the United States have been socialized in a racist system and people don't have to acknowledge it for that to be true, but Mm -hmm. it is. And so I think that without understanding that, you can't deconstruct what you've come to believe and when I was going through natural hair I believed that my hair wasn't pretty I believed that it was nappy and it was not it was shameful to go out in public so it really took a lot for me to unlearn those things and to think differently and to be educated in ways that helps me to critically think this works and that doesn't work, right? So kind of your earlier point about the difference between, you know, just taking tests and being educated, educated helps you to problem solve, mm-hmm. right? It's not just about what's written and what's always been done, but when you can think outside of the box, using your skills and your tools that you've gotten along the way and valuing those things, that's education. But everything about Mm -hmm. schooling and the way that we do, particularly public school, says that you have to learn what we tell you and spit it back out. There's no problem solving to that. Mm -hmm. In fact, it dulls my senses so that when there Mm -hmm. is something that is out of the box or outside of the standardized test that you taught me, I don't know what to do. (laughs) What, who am I? (laughs) Right, right. So we have all of these identity crises. But Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge part of moving towards (laughs) social justice, critical self-reflection, coming to grips with who you are, what you believed, even when it wasn't true, and what you now find and understand as truth. And then understanding that just because this has been my experience, it doesn't reflect everyone else's. And so learning others based on who they are and what their authentic experiences have been is essential.
0: Yeah. I I like my my favorite thing to say is the brain is a beautiful thing. The great thing is we can learn stuff and we can unlearn stuff. It it, it continues all our life. We're continuing, our brains continue to function and grow. And so as long as you're breathing and your brain is functioning, you can change. You can unlearn and create new habits, new ways of thinking. And that is just beneficial Absolutely. in the long run for all of us. We, we apply what we learn and take the steps mm-hmm. to learn new things. With all this being said, the last thing, because this is the Legacy Atlas podcast, how has your passion for social justice and reform Impact wow, I'm so
1: glad you asked that question. I think my passion won't <laughs> let me stop, won't let me pause, won't, won't let me not push. And because of that passion for ju- social justice and understanding that we are mm-hmm. all uniquely designed and created on purpose. Fighting for people to have opportunities to walk in their purpose impacts my legacy because it improves the world that I live in. Whether I'm teaching students and challenging them to think beyond even the goals that they've set for themselves or whether I'm getting my daughter dressed in the Mm -hmm. morning and allowing her to struggle through a new skill that she's learning It it keeps me encouraged because when people are able to realize their potential, it makes the world a better place because I have no idea who Mm -hmm. my daughter will become. I just know she'll be great. I don't know who Mm -hmm. all my students are. So I'm Mm -hmm. very privileged to be a part of their journey, but I want to be an impactful part to let them Mm -hmm. know that you are here on purpose and whatever that purpose is, whether you know it or not, we all need it. And so I believe that that's impacting my legacy yeah. because it, it'll allow things to be better when I leave than they were when I arrived. Mm-hmm. I arrived 42 yeah. years ago and, and mm-hmm. I believe that those who came before me did the best that they could to give me a starting foot. And I say that I'm mm-hmm. here because of all those who came before me, I believe that. And I'm I'm really grateful that God has allowed those who are been a part of my journey to be a part of it and to impart into me those various ways. Mm-hmm. And part of my legacy is just imparting my pieces into others' um, journey so that they can fulfill mm-hmm. their purpose.
0: Yes. And it's going to, it's definitely the work that you're doing, it's definitely going to outlive. And I think that's the the great things. I really appreciate you this Thank week. You, you have gave us some great nuggets and <laughs> given some great opportunities. Any
1: last thing you want to say
0: before we I think close one out point the of
1: clarity week? is that <laughs> social justice requires equity of opportunity, not just equal resources. Mm-hmm. Some of us need more resources to have right. the opportunity mm-hmm. to take advantage of things that we need that should, and and many are basic human rights so i think it's important to understand right that it's about equity it's about fairness and it depends on where we started what we need to move forward and everybody deserves to have that opportunity
0: thank you Dr. Tarver. i really appreciate you i um, I hope everyone was inspired today and just the honing in on something that just struck me that uh, Dr. Tarver said that you were created for That's a right. purpose and on purpose. So I think we always miss that mm-hmm. part, the, the on purpose part. So you were created. There's a reason you're here and we all have the opportunity that should have those opportunities to be impactful. And when given those, to, you know be able to take it should be able to have that to take by the horn and go out to encourage and lift others so I hope that you were guided and motivated this yes. week and get you over the hump uh until next week I hope everyone has a Thanks. great week You've just finished listening to episode three, social justice and reform of the Legacy Atlas podcast. I want to give a special thank you to Dr. Shantae Tarver. She really honed in on us having a voice and finding that passion behind that voice and standing up for what we should do and know that is right, even when it's hard. So finding that what drives you throughout everything that's going on around us. I hope you were inspired today and stay tuned. Next week, we'll be talking all about environment on episode four of the Legacy Atlas podcast.